What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. It is currently 12.27 a.m., and I decided to make this video on Wednesday, September 22nd, technically, um, 2021. And we're going to be talking about a team we don't talk about enough on this podcast, a team we don't show enough love, but even though I've been a fan of them my whole life, you know, I grew up watching them, I grew up watching the Dynasty, my dad raised me on them, my mom loves the team, and my whole family, we're big-time Blackhawk fans. We do not talk about the Blackhawks enough on this podcast. Why is that? Why are we feeling this way? Um, and, and, and let me just explain myself because I feel like there's a lot of people that want to hear me talk about the Blackhawks. There's a lot of people that want to hear me, you know, say positive things about how they're doing and, and how I feel like they're going to be. Um, but I truly, truly lost my love for the Blackhawks for a couple seasons. I'm not even going to lie to you about it. I really, I, I really truly did. Um, after that 2016 run, um, you know, they win in 2015, and then they had that 2016 run, and then guys just start getting shipped off. Brandon Saad, Patrick Sharp, uh, Johnny Oduya, Andrew Shaw, so on and so forth. And then at, some, at one point, you know, after 2016, we find that our Timmy Panarin's traded for Brandon Saad getting, coming back. Um, and, and Nick Schmaltz is traded, and a bunch of other great players are traded away. Um, and, and you're keeping guys, you know, it, it just... It was a bad look by Stan Bowman. It really was. It, it, it was starting to become more about money and a financial aspect than really about creating a great and well-balanced team. Um, there, were, there were even some conversations out there saying, was it really Stan Bowman that put that team together? Or was it the guy prior who drafted Taze, who drafted Kane? And, and you know, I wasn't one of those guys who felt that way. Um, but it was definitely a conversation that was being had out there. It was one of those things where, okay, well, if you didn't have Taze or Kane, would they have been able to put a team together to win a Stanley Cup championship? Or would they have even came close to being the dynasty that they were today? I don't think that's a fair assessment. You could really say that with anything. What if the Bulls didn't draft Jordan? What if, you know, LeBron didn't go to the Cavs? What if so on and so forth? Um, you know, th- there's a lot of scenarios we can do that. What if Tom Brady never got that chance to be, you know, the head co- uh, the head QB1 of the New England Patriots when his uh, his um, starter went down when he was the backup, you know, but it, it, we could do that all day. We can do that all day. It's not a fair conversation to have um, because it's not realistic. You know, everybody comes into a league with good players. Um, very rarely do you not unless you're, you know, a, a Detroit Piston or Detroit Lions or Detroit Tigers or really anything Detroit, really. I could I could use that as an example of not really having anything, but you know, we're going to be talking about the Blackhawks today because they have been making a lot of moves. They have been looking really good. Um, I'm not going to call this the last dance because we already did that with the Chicago Cubs. Um, you know, but we're seeing a lot of really good movement right now. You know, you have Jonathan Taze coming back. Um, God bless him. You know, he had that injury. And it, it wasn't so much an injury as it was an undisclosed um, medical issue. And you find I find out later on... It had something, I, I don't even really know what happened. It, it was a long thing. Um, I'll look up the name for you right now if you want it. But it, it's just one of those things where we all respected Johnny. Some people thought he had cancer. Some people thought he had other things going on. Um, and, and no one was really sure um, what, what he really had going on. But it turns out, all right, it says right here, Chicago Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taze finally put a name to the condition that led him to miss the entire 2020 NHL season. And it's a disease that isn't commonly recognized or diagnosed. Taze, in a recent video, said that he learned that he had chronic inflammatory res- 
what does it say? Response syndrome. Yeah, okay. I don't know why they spelled response like that. But um it's 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 shortened for CIRS. Um but yeah, so it was basically inflammatory disease where, you know, I, I, I don't know the specifics that go into it, but I heard it's fairly painful. Um, and, and it's a, it's definitely a bitch to live with. You know, it, it's not comfortable. I myself, um, I have my own, you know, it's not a disease, but it, it's, it's, um, it's a condition I got, you know, where it's, it's not so much an allergy, but I can't eat dairy. You know, I have this thing called EOE. I couldn't tell you what the full name of it is um, because... I, I can't even say it, but if you, if you want to do your own research on it, go for it. But yeah, I, I, I got that when I turned 15, 16 years old and it's really hard to diagnose. So I, I completely feel for Johnny. Um, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you have to start changing the way you live and, and you're not used to it. It's not like if you're born with asthma um, or, or you're born a certain type of way with these, you know, conditions like you get this over time. So now you have to adjust the way you go about things. So I'm happy Johnny has that under control or at least can manage that to a better degree and has a better understanding of what's going on with him and his body because that that's that's what's most important at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like when we lost Marion Hosa to his allergies to his uniforms. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, do I want to see Marion Hosa play? Yes, but do I also understand your health comes first? Of course. Now, you know, we're also talking about guys that we bring into this team. You know, you get amazing amazing acquisitions i mean i i couldn't even believe it happened um it when i first heard it 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 really started to make me feel like okay we can do this now before we get into that we have to talk about what we lost you know Corey crawford gets dealt to the devils retires instantly um pretty much instantly you know with concussions and all the injuries he's been going through throughout his whole career um it really just took a tamper on him and 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 it uh and it's sad to see. It's sad to see. I know I'm stuttering because it's hard to even talk about. It's even hard to have this conversation. You grow up loving this guy. You know what I mean? Um, you know, remember the remember the par- the parade speech? He goes up there, fucking right, Chicago. Like, the, the, the shit like that. You know, you love a guy like Corey Crawford. You want a guy like Corey Crawford in your clubhouse, in your in your locker room, on the on the ice with you. It's just, it's, it's exactly what you need to be a Stanley Cup contender. Um, and, and unfortunately, that happens with age. You know, injuries happen. You also lose Andrew Shaw due to concussions. The doctors told him he should never play the game of hockey again, just like Daniel Carcillo, just like so many other former athletes that we've seen throughout history um, who get told, you know, you have a lot of trauma to your brain. And, you know, um, Corey Crawford was one of those guys as well. He, he didn't get medically told you should never play the game again. And maybe he did. Um, but it, at the end of the day, he'd made that decision for himself. Um, rightfully so. And, and we lost a lot of guys, you know, you lose Duncan Keith, he retires. Um, you lose Brent Seabrook retires. It, it was, it was an insane thing. You trade away both of those guys. So two other teams have their rights. Um, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to me to think that, this core is pretty much gone aside from Taze and Kane. You know, Coach Q is gone. All these other guys are gone. And, and, and it's just crazy to see. But why are we talking about the Blackhawks today? Why are, we, why are they even in the conversation? I mean, we're talking about a guy right now that, you know, from Stan Bowman, if, if he didn't make any moves the rest of this year, I'd say he gets canned. He gets canned without a doubt. Um, it, but then you end up bringing in one of the best goalies in hockey right now, Mark andre Fleury. 
for from the Vegas Knights for basically nothing. You get this guy for basically nothing. There were rumors that we weren't even going to be able to have him because he was just going to retire the second he found out he was coming here. He said, fuck that. I'm in. I'm playing. He's got a chip on his shoulder the way Vegas treated him. Um, and, and we honestly have one of the best goaltenders in the game right now. So I'm really excited about that. That's huge for us. Um, Subban and all of them just, just weren't cutting it. They weren't that guy. Crawford was not reliable. Um, you know, you have Scott Darling in your minors, but you know, it's, it's just not 2015 anymore. And that's not really a reliable, you know, source to, to, to go to and to, to ask him to be the best out there. Um, you know, night in and night out over the age of 30. Now it's, it's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? But Mark Andre Fleury is that guy. He's going to be that guy in the regular season in 2020. He had 26 wins and 10 losses. Um, a GAA of 1.98, a save percentage of 0.928 and six shutouts. I mean, in the postseason, we're talking about nine wins, seven losses. Um, GAA of a 2.03. We're talking one shutout. We're, I mean, it, it was just, it's just a great, a great stat line. And, that, and that's just of 2020. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is an absolute dog. Is he a long-term solution? Fuck no. He's definitely older. He's definitely up there in age. Um, that's completely understandable, but... It was a good move. It was a good move by Stan Bowman, and then and then we get a kind of kind of a shaky one. Kind of a shaky one. You bring in Seth Jones. You bring in Seth Jones to the Blue Jackets. Um, you traded him, um, or you traded what is his name? Adam Boquist. I I forget how to perfectly say his name. I I here's the thing about hockey, and I'm gonna say it right now. Because of the fact that I don't get a chance to watch it all the time, I do fuck up a lot of these guys' names. They, they these European names, I fuck up. So I, I truly do apologize if I butcher these names. I will continue to get better at them. I will continue to work at them. I do try watching videos or just other broadcasters and announcers saying their names before I before I speak. But like I said, um, I haven't had a chance to look at the entire roster. I haven't had a chance to look at everybody. So I'm looking at it right now based off of what I know, based off of the knowledge that I'm going off of, um, just to have a conversation with you guys about it. But let me tell you something. Adam Boquist was a dog. He was an absolute beast. He was an absolute unit. He's very young. He's very good. Um, there's a lot of potential there. I, I know I'm being very light on that. And I, you guys, you know, I probably sound like a casual right now. Um, but I'm just, you know, we're, we're, we're moving back into it. We're coming back to the hockey world. Um, it's, not, it's no bandwagon stuff. I just didn't. It's not that I didn't root for the team. I didn't watch games. I watched them all the time. It was just to me, I just didn't feel like I wanted to talk about them um, because there was nothing really to talk about. You know, we were in this rebuilding mode, um, and there weren't any moves getting done. So continuing on with our conversation, um, you know, we're talking about Adam Boquist and a couple first round picks, um, traded for Seth Jones, one of the best defensemen in the league who was signed to an, I believe an eight to nine year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks immediately after being traded and if, and a couple other draft picks as well. I believe one's a first round pick. I believe they swapped picks. Um, and a couple others. This guy, 28 points, 23 assists. I mean, the, the, the guy, the guy, the guy's a dog. The guy's a dog offensively, but defensively, um, or offensively, pardon me. But defensively, this guy is rated as one of the best in the league right now. And which is very needed when Brent Seabrook, you know, uh, can I even, do I, do I even need to go on? Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, so on and so forth. It just wasn't good. We also have his brother on the team. Um, I forget his first name right now. I'll bring in the depth chart in a little bit. 
Um, and we can talk all about that. But he's also a defenseman, so we're going to be able to see that as well. I'm really excited about it. I want to see more from that. I want to see more things we do. Um, you know, this team really is different. You know, you trade the rights for Brent Seabrook. Um, I believe who you got for that? Tyler Johnson you got in return. I think that's something really interesting going forward. Um, you know, you, you trade a lot of guys and you made a lot of moves that I feel like Stan Bowman typically hasn't made in the last recent years. You know, you give, um, you give Brandon Hagel an extension. I believe it was a three-year contract extension, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you get a contract extension from, um, Hardman. I think Mike Hardman's a really good piece. I think that's something, you know, moving forward, is he great? No, but is he definitely someone that you can use? Um, without a doubt, we're not even, we haven't even talked about Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc's one of those guys who missed a lot of the year last year, um, due to that wrist injury and a couple other injuries that he got, um, in the junior leagues tournament and, and a couple other tournaments that I believe he was taking part of. Um, but it, it, it's really exciting to see what Kirby Doc brings. Everybody loves Kirby Doc. He's a fan favorite here in Chicago and he hasn't even been here that long. Um, one of my things I'm most excited about right now is just to see how the team continues to develop. I know right now it it just does not sound casual talking about the Blackhawks yet. Is that just me, or do I do I not sound casual right now? Um, but yeah, I I think like I said, we're getting back into it. It's gonna be a slow process, but I think once we get in there, um, I I wish you guys would have been able to have conversations with me. If you guys still want to talk about you know that Blackhawks dynasty, I could talk about it all day. I could talk about the ten, the thirteen, the fifteen, in between, you know, even the twenty sixteen twenty sixteen playoff series. Low-key against the uh, St. Louis Blues was one of my favorites as well, too. Um, the beef with Andrew Shaw and other players and, and, and a lot of just tempers flying throughout that whole series was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, but but as we keep going, you know, Jeremy Colleton as your head coach, it, it's, it's really interesting to see how he's going to continue to develop as a head coach. Um, not to say that he's not worthy of the job, but I definitely think it's, you know, in question right now, you know, is this your next dynasty type head coach? Is this your next coach Q? Is this your next guy that you're going to say, all right, well, we want this guy to shape our future for the future? Or is this just kind of the guy in the middle right now uh, while you wait for guys to develop and, and wait for a real team to form and then bring in a head coach that you feel like can be that guy? Personally, Jeremy, to me, um, Still has a lot to prove to earn, you know, the respect of and earn the shoes that he's filling of Joe Quinville. Um, but at the same time, it's hard. It's hard to fill those shoes and it's hard to have those expectations going into it. You really shouldn't. You know, we we have the same thing in football right now uh, with Mac Jones filling in the shoes of of uh, Tom Brady. But the question is, is this your Mac Jones or is this your Cam Newton being the bridge gap between him and Mac Jones, between Tom Brady and Mac Jones? Is Cam Newton that guy in the middle? Of course. But is Jeremy Colleton? It's yet to be seen. You know, I think, you know, if we do have a losing season and we don't make the playoffs this year and this roster remains relatively healthy, I think there's a conversation there going into 2022-2023, you know, is this our long-term solution? Of course, you don't fire him in 2023, um, but if, for 2023-2024, you know, what What are we thinking? What are we moving forward with? And is Stan Bowman even going to be the head coach or the, the GM of this team? I don't know. Um, Rocky makes a lot of decisions, but he's also getting up there in age. So I don't know. I don't know what goes on in that front office anymore. But with that being said, 
you know, we're done we're done talking about the coaching, we're done talking about the front office. We're going to talk about straight up right now this team. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. As of right now, I don't know if this is I believe this would be the legitimate one. Um there's no way it's not. Hold on. I don't like the way this is formatted. Give me like 2 seconds and I promise you I got it for you. Um but right now, because I, I want it as lineups. I don't want it I don't want it in order of position or roster. I want yeah, okay. So this This would be it right here. Nah, bro, I don't like this. What is this? Dude, this is weird. I don't I don't like it all. I don't like the format of this at all. So do pardon me for that really quickly. Hold on. Give me a sec. Okay, awesome. Alright, so here it is. Here it is. I found it right now. I had to pause the video for a little bit so I could find the right kind of lineup. Uh, I found it on capfriendly.com. If you haven't checked out capfriendly.com, I suggest you do that. It has a nice little lineup going. It's really easy to read. Um, I, I mean, it could be nicer, but I mean, it is what it is. So we're going to start off, you know, your left winger, you got Alex Debrinkit, one of my favorite players on this roster right now. So much fun to watch. This kid's an absolute leader. This kid's an absolute stud. They gave this kid the A going in the 2020. So that's really exciting. I remember when he was a rookie and I feel like so much time is going by. Um, for me, it's, it's one of those things where this guy can be that guy. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of pressure on him and, and, and Patrick Kane to be great. Patrick Kane's the right winger on this line. Uh, this is your first line, but this is where it gets interesting. Your center is back. Kirby Doc. This is going to take so much pressure off both of those dudes so they could just play their game and be what they want to be. Um, you know, you got two Americans right there with, uh, with, uh, Kaner and 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 Cat, and then you got Kirby Doxer, Canadian, and and I think that's a that's a great combo. That's a great combo um, of, of players, and they both play to each other. All three play to each other's strengths. I'm really excited to see them co- create better chemistry as a line uh, because they did not get a lot of time to play together fully uh, last season. So I'm really excited to see that. Uh, so I think the top line is definitely playoff ready. Definitely a great line. Um, I. I <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you how many goals those three are going to have combined. But next line, Jonathan Taze back at center. You got right winger Tyler Johnson. And left winger, I'm going to try not to butcher this, Dominique, Dominic Kubalik. Dominique Kubalik. I, I'm sorry if I butcher these names again. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm trying my best. It's late. Um, next, I, 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 first of all, I like that line. I like that line a lot as long as Johnny's healthy, as long as Johnny's still Johnny. You know what I mean? Like if Jonathan Taze is not the Jonathan Taze of old, the Jonathan Taze that we all know and love, then I think this John this line is kind of skeptical. Um, there there are questions to it, but if Johnny's Johnny, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it at all. He can continue to be that guy. He's got some young bucks on him with him with him now. Um, he doesn't need to be the fastest guy in the line. You know, he can just take his time and do his thing, and and you don't have to worry about it. He's still not old. He's still not you know washed. Um, this guy is definitely still at the top of his game and is still definitely a great player. Um, you know, just had some health injuries. And, and now with that under control, I'm really excited to see what he has to bring because he definitely has a chip on his shoulder after missing what? This is the first year he's missed in, I don't remember a single year Jonathan Tays missed a, a whole entire year of uh, of hockey. But um, going in the line three, you know, you got uh, Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom is there, your left winger. You still got him on the team. I don't know if they'll end up trading him midseason or what the plan is with Dylan. 
Um, I believe we got Dylan for Nick Schmaltz, if I'm not mistaken, from Arizona way back when. I feel like that was forever ago, um, but it really wasn't. Um, but yeah, so so whatever happens with him, he's as as of right now, he's on this roster. Um, I don't see them moving him right now. I don't see you know unless unless the deal's sweet. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting scenario. So this guy's name, I'm definitely gonna butcher, Henrik Borgstrom. Um, I guess it wasn't that hard. Is your center Alexander Nylander? Is your right winger? I think that's a decent line. Um, is it great? No, but it, it, it's definitely serviceable. It's definitely serviceable and interchangeable as well. You know, if you want to throw Johnny down there sometimes, or you want to throw, I wouldn't throw Doc down there. I like the chemistry up top, but you know, you, you definitely could interchange these lines just to balance them out just a little bit. If you want to put Dominic in the third line sometime and, and, um, Alexander in the second, I, I think that makes a little bit more sense. Um, just because you want that dynamic balance. I mean, if you don't have balance, and there's one line that is just preferably um, greater than the others. I mean, that's expected. You know, there are going to be lines that are top tier, and there are going to be a couple lines that are shit. Not shit, but like not not comparable to the top two. Um, and these are one of those lines where it's like you know, there's there's a fine line between capable and serviceable. And I feel like this line right now is definitely capable. The next line we're going into is more serviceable. Uh, Brandon Hagel, Adam. Uh, Gaudet and and Ryan Carpenter are are more serviceable. You know your younger guys, your guys who, you know, just get an experience, get an experience out there doing their thing. I feel like some of them are aging. You know, some of them don't really know how much they're gonna have. You know, playing time wise. Um, you know, this guy, <laughs> Brandon Hagel was born in nineteen ninety eight. Brandon Hagel is two years older than me. So for me, he's twenty three years of uh, of age. You know on the fourth line, there's, there's a, there's a lot to do with that. You know, you're not like a Kirby doc. You're not like an Alex to bring at the top of the line already. Um, so, so there is a lot of inexperience there. Um, but we are definitely going to have to continue to see how that works for him. You know, you also have Adam who's only 21 years of age. So, or 24, pardon me. Um, so this is a very young line. I think it's serviceable as of right now. Would I say they're capable? Um, I'm not really sure. You know, the oldest guy on this line is Ryan Carpenter. He's 30 years of age. Um, so he definitely will be holding these two young cats down. He doesn't have to be that guy. Just like Johnny, he can just do his thing and, and move about the way he moves. And, and, and these guys will light up the room flying up and down the, uh, flying up and down the rink. Cause that's, 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 that's how it goes. You know what I mean? Um, you know, everybody has their days where they're the fastest guy on the team and this, this, and that. Um, strongest guy in the weight room. And then you get to the age where you understand, like, as long as you're doing your job, you don't have to be the flashy guy. So I definitely think pairing him, um, with these two young cats is good. Um, I, I think, you know, there might be some mistakes here and there. There might be some growing pains. Um, but I'm really excited to see what these two offer and how Carpenter is going to mentor them because he's definitely going to have to be a mentor. So there is, there is a lot of veteran leadership on this team. I do love that. Um, would I love it if Duncan Keith and, and Brent Seabrook didn't go out the way they did so they could still be here? Of course. Um, but that's not realistic. You know, we do have a salary cap. Um, so so that is unfortunate. But next we get up to the defense. Defense is a little shaky. Um, top two pairings. You got obviously Seth Jones is your right defenseman. Um, you know, signs that eight, nine year deal. One of the best defensemen in the league. So that's definitely going to help out Flurry. Um, you know, you have Calvin DeHaan. Calvin DeHaan's a great player. Um, 30 years of age, very experienced. He's going to be doing his thing. So it's, it's not the greatest pair. 
Um, but it, it, it's, you know, it's Seth Jones at the end of the day. So I think he's definitely going to make that serviceable. Um, next up, you got Jake McCabe and, and Connor Murphy. You know, I think this is a good line. Or I think this is a good pairing. Um, is it the greatest? I'm not sure. Um, but like I said, you know, this this defensive unit, it's it's not the greatest. It really isn't our strength right now, um, which which is unfortunate because when you're playing teams like like Tampa or the Avalanche or so on and so forth, you know, you these guys are these guys can light it up. These guys are good. These guys can kill it. And and that's at the end of the day, you know, we used to be in a league where defense was, you know, a good part of your game, but at the end of the day, like it it, it wasn't a necessity. But nowadays, you got four guys on you got I'm sorry, you got three guys on four lines that can all light it up um on some of these teams like the Avalanche or the Tampa Bay Rays. Um part of me, Tampa Bay Lightning. Pardon me. It's it's September baseball. World Series is coming. I'm in the mood. Um, but yeah, so so it's definitely a decent line. Um, we're gonna get up to the last one right now. It's uh Riley Stillman and Ian Mitchell. You know th- that's a decent that's a decent core right there. Um, I don't hate it. It's just those are definitely gonna be your weak links out of the out of the six pairings or out of the six players. But you know it's it's. It is what it is. It is what it is. We're going to continue to develop. We're going to continue to draft and probably sign European players, um, just like Stan Bowman's been trying to do for years. You know, you bring in Artemi Panarin, and you bring in others. So I hope, hopefully, he can focus more on the defensive purposes for a while. Um, because do I think this team is a playoff team? Well, first of all, we got to finish with the last one right now. Um, right now, you know, you still have Andrew Shaw on injury reserved, but that's not correct because he did retire from the game. Um, had to medically retire with concussions and brain injuries, and it's just, it's just a sad way to see him go. You know, um, I was wearing his jersey today to school. Like it's just Andrew Shaw will always be one of those guys. I met him a few times. Um, one of the nicest guys, but um, family man, a player man at heart. You know, he's a great locker room guy. He's a fun guy. He's a hilarious guy. So I'm rooting for him, Andrew. We're praying for you. Um, just enjoying retirement, my friend. But um, anyways. Back to it, you know, we're looking at the at the goalie standpoint right now. You bring back in uh, Kevin, I always mess up his name, Kevin Lakeen. Um, you know, you, you bring him back in, but he's definitely not your guy. You know, you bring in Mark andre Fleury. I mean, that's, that's, that's the big name. That's the big name. And, and that's the biggest part about this defense right now because you have Seth Jones. So your first line's covered pretty much. Um, you know, I'm not going to jinx ourselves. Let's knock on wood real quick. But... It's it's one of those things where I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be really interesting moving forward. Do I think these are Stanley Cup contenders? Um, I mean, it's 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 really hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as of right now. I need to see this entire team play as a unit, get used to playing with each other. This is a very different look from you know the 2020 team. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think there is potential with this team. I do think they could scave their way into the playoffs. They have a very tough division. Um, but it, at the end of the day, you know, it is Jonathan Taze and it is Patrick Kane. And they know what it takes to make a championship contending team. And they know what it takes to make the playoffs. You have Kirby Doc, Debrinkit, Seth Jones, Flurry knows what it takes. Um, you know, a bunch of guys on this team. Dylan Strom is very serviceable. He understands what roles it needs to be. Carpenter. Um, you know, we have guys right now who understand what it takes to be winners. Um, and, and that's, that's just all it takes. And you have young guys. That's the biggest key. If this was the old, the, if this was the Blackhawks of old and all of these guys were 
30 to 37 plus, you know, I would say, you know, there's no shot. This might be the last dance, but there's no shot. You know, that that's just that's just real. You know what I mean? Like if Patrick Sharp and Brandon Saad and all of those great guys that we all know and love uh, were all still here, I'd love it. But I'd understand that, you know, their best days are behind them and this isn't going to go the way we think it is. You know what I mean? Like we all want the guys of old back, but it, at the end of the day, they're enjoying their life. They're not even in hockey shape right now, so on and so forth. So to have a young core of guys coming in and and being great and being a great addition to this team, I th- I think does wonders because not only you know does that take less pressure off you know our older vets who who can still get it done, but just aren't as the stamina wise just aren't as big as they used to be. Um, it also helps them learn and develop from some of the greats to ever the greatest to ever do it. You know, you have Flurry, like I said, Kaner, Taze, three time uh, champions. Um, the list goes on and on. You know what I mean? So for me, I think you have a great balance on this team of youth and veteran um, leadership. And you know, moving forward, this is such a horrible video. If you guys are even still listening, but I I definitely think I'm gonna continue to talk about this. I'm gonna feel more comfortable talking about hockey. It has been a little while. I did shift towards basketball more in recent years. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is I'm really excited to talk about it. I'm really excited to continue to talk about the Hawks. Where do I place them? Um, I, I, I see it more as like a play-in type, you know, first-round exit type of team as of right now. Um, but that can definitely change as the season progresses. You know what I mean? Like, this team has potential to be great. I think if you made some midseason trades or even – you know, some guys develop in the minors or, or or anywhere, you know what I mean, or overseas, however you look at it. I think if you were just to catch fire with just a couple of these young guys and some of these guys just meet and, and excel expectations, you know, I, I think you definitely have something here, especially on the defensive end. A couple of those young guys um, towards the bottom of those, you know, three pairings can, can do their job to an effective level. It makes Flurry's job easier. This offense can definitely get it done. I definitely think this offense is going to be good. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot to go with here. I think I'm really excited to talk about Blackhawks hockey again. Um, I definitely miss it. I'm definitely going to be as many games as possible. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Happy to be talking about the Blackhawks again. It's been a while. Um, you know, I, I could have done this right when we got flurry, but I wanted to wait a while. I wanted to wait a while because I don't want to come out with some bullshit. You know, I do understand I haven't been watching as much as I should have. So I've been doing as much recapping as I can. I've been looking as much as I can. You know, I'd watch games a lot, but I'm not really paying attention like that to these young cats because I really don't trust Stan Bowman and, you know, who's staying and who's going, you know, with what he's been doing in recent years. But I do like the way we're going right now. I do think we are built as a kind of a last dance with two years left on both Kaner and Taser's uh, contract. So we'll see what happens with that. Maybe they sign extensions uh, for a couple more seasons, but or maybe not. You know, maybe I doubt it. I doubt he'd go to Buffalo. Buffalo is a horrible, <laughs> a horrible situation right now. But um, if Kaner were to go to his hometown or, or, or somewhere along those lines or if Johnny wanted to go play in Canada or you know, I, I really don't know. I really don't know, and I couldn't say that. I couldn't tell you what they're thinking right now. They've been here for a very long time. Um, the organization's changing. The the, the the whole locker room has changed. Uh, they're really the last two standing. Like, that's let's be real. You know, the last guys from those championship runs um, from the 2020 team, you're talking about 
Oh, come on. Let's do it right now. Um, Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane, Andrew Shaw, Corey Crawford. You're looking at Duncan Keith, uh, Brent Seabrook, and now it's just Patty and Patty and Johnny. And and that's 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 crazy to me. It's crazy to me knowing I grew up with those guys. And now, you know, 95, 98% of the team is gone. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's the game. That's the game. And we were blessed with that. So I'm, with that being said, um, that is what I'm going to say for right now. We're going to be talking about it during preseason and training camp and all that stuff. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Go Hawks, baby. This has been Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out. God bless. Have a safe day. Um, this will be coming out in the morning. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you, guys.